uh, online if you want. Uh, it was like the, the Scottish snooker boards are very different than the English ones. The pockets were much too small, and it was so, it like had a magnetic effect. The balls were kind of rolling around. It was very unfortunate. So hopefully we'll do more of those live after the massive success of last night. Um, I, um, I oh. I've got a magic trick. Mike Stoner, the, who was an erstwhile fan of Me 1 vs. Me 2, he set up, he's a magician, he set up a uh, website uh, for Me 1 vs. Me 2 com- snooker, and they, sorry, I called it comedy, that was very wrong, uh, and, uh, and then just got bored and stopped doing it. So that is not, that is not a good, he's at mikestoner.co.uk, UK. he's a magi- magician, not a magi- musician. Uh, he sent me a magic trick we're going to try uh, and see if this will work. Uh, during the podcast, select an audience member who doesn't look too attractive or intelligent. I've gone for this. <laughs> gone for this gentleman in the front row. Um, now you've got to think of a playing card. Uh, not, it's not the Joker. Make sure it's an obvious and unpredictable one. Uh, I've got a prediction envelope here. There, Mike Stoner is. He's going to try and guess uh, what you're going to go. So shout out the name of the card you're thinking of that's not predictable. Three of diamonds. Three of diamonds. Is um, that is? Well, it's, you haven't gone for one of the really obvious ones. A red card is not. Is too obvious. Everyone goes for the diamonds. So can you think of a card? <laughs> so all think of a black card that isn't a red card. What would you go for then? Uh, uh, five of clubs. Five of clubs, okay. Uh, this is exciting, isn't it? <laughs> it is exciting. I can't, you know, I don't believe this will work. So let's see if Mike Stoney can't even keep a Me 1 versus Me 2 snooker website going. Can he get the five of clubs? Oh, I, th- I, I think you would have gone for that. Three, three of clubs. It's rubbish. So if you want to, if you want to, I thought you would go for the three of clubs. That's what I thought when you said three of diamonds. I thought you'd go for the three of clubs. And I didn't know what was in there, so that didn't work, did it? So I think he's. I think that was a deliberate attempt to, you know, sabotage the podcast, make me look foolish. It's Mike Stoner who is the idiot. Maybe if he spent a little less time stoned on drugs and a bit more time knowing what people. I don't see how that would work. That you would guess. You have to, if, you go, if they go for the ace, the queen of hearts, or the ace of spades, I guess everyone says the three of clubs, but not you, sir. I chose someone too intelligent <laughs> with a mind of his own. Uh, and uh, yesterday, I was my day off. Uh, no, the day, was it yesterday? And the day before yesterday, I, I, I was w- working up. I realised I hadn't written my Metro article yet after my main show, so I went to a restaurant on my own and wrote my uh, Metro article at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and then I went, was going up to Michael Legg's party. It was his birthday. Uh, and I, I, was, I did a fart. I was on my own. I did a fart. But I just did it as I was passing a... Uh, a kind of rubbish truck, you know, that was they were out there and late at night, and I thought that's quite, and it really smelled. The, and I, I thought that's quite a good way to do that. If you're ever with someone, it was on my own, so it didn't matter. But if you're ever with someone and you need to fart, fart by a rubbish truck, because then the, the smell of the rubbish truck will mask your smell. Even they go, "What's that odd smell?" You go, "It's the rubbish truck." But they'll go, they will just assume it's the rubbish truck. But then I got a bit further up the road and did another fart and realised it was my fart that smelled like that. It wasn't, it was quite, a, it was quite an astonishing moment. And I thought that would cover, that smell would cover any fart you did. My fart smelled like, and I'm quite uh, flatulent just at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, you never know your luck, girls. You've sat up right nice and close. This could be in, so if that happens, it's, a, it's either Milton Jones or a, a, a rubbish truck has just driven, <laughs> doesn't work inside. Uh, and uh, anything else I want to tell you about? Probably not. We've got two fantastic guests, so we're going to... Oh, I saw um, 
I saw uh, Ben Moore's show yesterday, which is very well worth seeing, but do be kind of not horribly, horribly tired when you go to see it, because you've got to really concentrate. It's full of jokes. It's charming. Do go and see him. He wouldn't believe that this... He was on the podcast on Saturday, and he was like, I should go out flying. I don't want to come to the podcast, because I've got to fly on the Roma. That's how he talks. And, um, and I said, really, seriously, Ben, like more people will come to this show, and then there's 50,000 people download it. It's probably better to do the podcast. And then not that many people came to see him on Sunday, which wasn't time. So he's going to see it didn't work. and then. But yesterday, I went, it was really patched. So I think that's the power of the podcast. So at least go and see him if you're in Edinburgh, just to prove me right about that. And also I'm right about the dishwasher. You should be using the dishwasher. That is also correct. Uh, if he used the dishwasher, the dishwasher would fill up quickly enough for the not, things not to get trapped in there, wouldn't it? That's the thing. That's why he doesn't... Just my personal grievances. Okay, no, 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 we're not interested in those. We want to hear from the guests. So will you please welcome my first guest today. He is best known for starring in Planet Mirth with Ben Moore. That is what most people have come today to hear about Planet Mirth. And they won't be disappointed. Will you please welcome Milton Jones, ladies and gentlemen. It's Milton Jones. <laughs> Sit down, there's... Uh, you can keep that, that's for you. That three of clubs, you should have said three of clubs. Remember before the show, I said, say, free of clubs. Uh, and uh, you messed it up. How are you doing, Milton? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How's, how's uh, the show? Yeah, show on. Uh, You're Edinburgh? Yes. Uh, I'm only here till Thursday, so I'm sort of cheating. Uh, and I've only done 11 dates, but it's going very well. Good. Well, 11's quite a lot. Yeah, I suppose so. I've it's done, like, 26 gigs so far in Edinburgh. <laughs> but don't, don't and I'm still... I'm still manically insane. Uh, it's going, it's going. Do you remember much about uh, working with Ben Moore on the show uh, Planet Mirth, your main, uh, your main credit? Yes, my main credit, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, was that 1996? Yeah. 97. Uh, yeah, it wasn't written when we said yes to it. That's my <laughs> biggest excuse. And uh, we ended up trying to write as we went. And uh, my biggest memory was doing an impression of Jeremy Clarkson in a fairground. Right. Uh, they got us to... Like it was a, a spaceship or something each time, and I had to do this all. Um, and here I am. That's why it didn't really work because it was nothing <laughs> like that. Really. Um, and you know, and different rides saying why they were great. And that, I got so sick because they kept doing take after take after take, right. and having to do me alone on a, a, a fairground dodgem ride in Essex or something. It was horrible. Uh, but yeah, no, it was terrible, wasn't it? Well, it was, you know, if you were up at two o'clock in the afternoon yeah, in the morning. Occasionally I meet a student. Or, well, obviously they're not a student anymore. There's something wrong with them. They're still a student now. <laughs> but um, you used to watch it when they were drunk and they said how great it was. But I don't think they meant great in the sense it was good comedy. It was just like... <laughs> great. It was quite cheaply. It was quite cheaply put together. I, I would think say. that's fair to say. I think that would be. <laughs> they don't. They don't spend so much money at two a.m. on ITV no. for some reason. Yeah. Um, so you also you uh, you do radio shows and your radio show won a Sony Silver Award, which is not as good as the Sony Bronze that I have. That is not. The Sonys are dead yeah. now. They've stopped. You know, the Sony have stopped. Um, yeah, it's well known that it's the opposite way round. Is, is it three? It? Well, yeah, yeah. bronze is worth three. Silver's yeah. only worth two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You did Celebrity Mastermind. How did you get on a Celebrity Mastermind? <laughs> I seem to remember my specialist subject was potatoes, <laughs> and I was beaten by the eighty-year-old Denise Robertson agony. Oh, were you? My goodness. Yeah, yeah. So, but then I pretended to strangle her in the end <laughs> thing, so it was worth it just for that. <laughs> How did you get on with potatoes? Did uh, I did very well on potatoes, actually. Um, it, was the, it was the general knowledge <laughs> that let me down. I had three questions I didn't get at the end, and I would have won. 
had I got those three right, and instead I came last. Yeah, well, you can say that about any quiz, can't you? Really? If I got if I got the questions yeah. right, I would yeah, have yeah, won. Yeah. If I got one question right, I'd have I'd have won. I, the, uh, the last question, I, I'm 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 ha- are you haunted by? I'm haunted by it still. It was like two or three years ago I did it. Yeah, but also what's weird about it, well, I thought oh, we're just going to have a laugh. Yeah. And then you get there and you realise that the others are taking it really, really seriously. Yeah. Denise <laughs> Robinson taking it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. no, no, so she's psyching you out. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck you, Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know anything about potatoes. Why have you chosen potatoes? What do you know about you don't even know potatoes are tuber? That's what you, you that sounds you think it's a vegetable, you idiot. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of um what's what's it called? Sledging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it was a bit scary. Uh, no, I can't I'm, I, I, it took me they should have psychological counselling after, afterwards, I think. It's too hard. Yeah. You know, it's too terrifying. Yeah, and yeah, it's that moment where you sit in the chair and you hear the music. Yeah. And you see John Humphreys, and you never quite trust anything he says. Cause you <laughs> imagine he's going to whip a knife out any minute and stab you, because he's like that. Well, he got very weird in our conversation. We were talking about Rasputin, but then he got on to talking about women and stuff in a slightly <laughs> odd way. And it's kind of going, calm down, calm down. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit strange. But I had a dream after it where I was on the mastermind set, but the, with the walk up to it, I mean, it's so, it's so obvious what this dream is. <laughs> the walk up to it was all muddy, and I was kind of walking, you know, I was trying to walk yeah, to the yeah, chair, yeah, yeah. having to wade through this mud to get to the chair. I knew beat Hillary Kay from the Antiques Roadshow, but she she beat me, beat me by one point. I, I scored the highest mark that had ever been scored in Celebrity Mastermind up to that really? point, but unfortunately then Hillary Kay oh, right. beat me in the, <laughs> five, two yeah. minutes later. Was it the first episode? <laughs> <laughs> it was not. And... Um, <laughs> So you uh, you do shows obviously like Mock the Week, but you also used to write for shows like uh, Mock the Week. We're not you wrote for um, Ronnie Corbett, and I you, you, you've, you've done Corbett, some writing yes. for. Oh yeah. So I was I haven't asked anyone else, but at the beginning of the Fringe, Stuart Lee was getting you know getting his publicity for his shows by making up some false controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he did. He got kind of taken out of context, but he was sort of saying uh, arguing that people should write their own. Yeah. Material. Well, you've probably been on both sides of this, I, I imagine, of this uh, debate. I, I don't know in what spirit Stuart said that. Yeah. Because um, what would you say? Because Morecambe Wise used to write as, um, you know, lots of people are writers. I think the problem, from my mind, is whether they admit to it or not. Yeah. Isn't it? Because if you do, then it's fair to say the writers were, were part of the team. And that's the issue. Yeah. Rather than why not have writers? You get to a stage where you can't produce any more. I work with. Uh, I have not got to that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's not with your writer, said. <laughs> but uh, you, yeah, because you've got to. But you know, it's the cliche: if you're in a band, people want to hear the old songs, but they don't want to hear the old jokes. If you're a comedian, so yeah. uh, you're always having to produce stuff, and then when it's on telly, it's out there, and you know you can only spread your stuff so thinly. And you know, you could argue that you are helping audiences by keeping the quality up by having good writers mm-hmm. um, it's hard to find good writers because what I find is people do I get sent loads of jokes all the time here's, here's one you can use here's one you can use I say two things I'm not going to read it because just in case uh, I do something in the future that's a bit like this you'll think I've nicked it and secondly they're awful <laughs> <laughs> perhaps it's the other way around <laughs> No, it's true. I have the same. I do exactly the same thing. I do. I won't. If someone sends me a script, I won't read it because hey, there's nothing I can do with the yeah. scripts anyway. I can't get my own scripts made, so I don't, there's no yeah. point in sending them to me. But it is entirely that. If you go, oh well, my the joke I sent you had the word the in it, yeah, and exactly. uh, now I know it's yes. you've written a joke with the word the in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you got a fly, it's landed right on your microphone. That is oh. exciting. So if anyone's farted in this uh, yeah, yeah. podcast so far, that is the fart detector. Yes. A fly, or someone is duck. Maybe no, oh, no, it's coming over to me. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> don't swallow it's all your farting <laughs> this is a terrible terrible yeah. what I like what's great I think about you you're, you know you're playing the assembly hall which is a 700 seater and you've but you've really out of all the comedians probably who are now on that kind of mock the week and, and touring schedule you've sort of worked grafted the longest to get there possibly yeah. I'm the oldest <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. but uh, but you know you, there was years and years where everyone would you know you won the Perrier best newcomer oh. back in the 90s yeah, yeah. and uh, you know you're always held up as being a lot of people's favourite uh, sort of stand-up and gag merchant or whatever, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but then it took, it's taken a long time for sort of the the to get yeah. to that public acclaim. But now you've got it. It seems that is that satisfying to yeah, or, so, or annoying yeah. that it took so uh, long. Well, no, it's great. It's great. Um, it's, you can't be a bit churlish to aim at something for years and years, and then mm. when you get there, go, mm, I don't like it. <laughs> um, so I'm really grateful for that. I mean, just to come back on the people saying favorite comedian. People people in comedy tend to like people who are not well-known, don't yeah, they? That's so favourite comedians are often people, uh, like bands, you know, that, that pe- other people haven't heard of. Uh, but it's great, no, to be at that level. Uh, I've had to treble my output, because obviously on the circuit you can go round and round doing the same stuff, uh, which is where writers are quite useful. <laughs> um, uh, and it, it's nice to walk down the street, and, well, sometimes it's nice to walk down the street, you know what it's like when people see you and go... It's the bloke off the telly. But again, you know, uh, I'm grateful for that in a way. Um, but also, if you do like a hard gig, if they've seen you on telly before um, and it goes badly, they assume it's their fault, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a big difference, actually. Because uh, if they, you know, obviously if you turn up with corporate and you die, which does happen and will happen from time to time. Uh, if you're unknown, you're, it's assumed that that's why you're unknown. Mm. You, you mess gigs up. So. Yes, I suppose so, yes. It, um, I'm going to ask you an emergency question now because I just floundered and sounded rude at the end of that when I went, I suppose so, that was rude. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean it. Uh, if, you, um, if you had to marry one of the characters from The Muppets... Oh. Now, this is, uh, this is about a life partner. This isn't just about your carnal desire for one of the Muppets. <laughs> it's, it's partly about that. I think you would have to be sexually attracted to them. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't married already, and if, you know, or if your wife was tragically yeah, yeah, taken yeah. from you in an accident yeah. of some kind, then which of the Muppets would you make up for the death of your wife? Yeah, well, which <laughs> Muppet would you turn to for consolation? <laughs> What? Slightly changed the timbre of that question by <laughs> by making it about that specific. Which which yes. of the Muppets would well, you I like to marry? Miss, I can't think of any other female Muppets. It doesn't have to be a female, don't no, be, I'm, don't I'm be judgmental. Think, really. None of them really have a sex. That really. seems like an interesting thing, though. That yeah. Miss Piggy was the only female. Well, there was there was a few other ones. There was uh, Janice in the band, who I like, who I choose. Uh, you can go for... I mean, like, uh, Gonzo is not really... You know, yes. male or female. I mean, he has a slightly male voice, I suppose, and a male attitude of stupidity. Yes. That doesn't... But, you know, you can marry... Well, depending on your feelings about gay marriage, I don't... We could get on to that. You could marry... You could marry... You could marry a man. A fr- yes. no, it's like, also... It's, inter- was, um, it's interspecial. You, have a prob- you don't have a problem babe. with marrying a female pig. As long as it's a female, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> What's, what was uh, Kermit's cousin called? What, the, his nephew? Yeah, nephew. Yeah. What, was he called Kevin or something? Is it Robin? Robin, Robin. Robin. Yes, that's it. He was small, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was a, yeah, he was an, under, was an underage <laughs> frog. I mean, I think you're gonna, if you're going to fuck a frog, people who fuck frogs often don't check what age they are at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's nice that uh, we're having the discussion. My thinking, there, yeah, okay. <laughs> was maybe if you kissed him, he might turn into a, a Whitby Prince. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work either. No, um, he could turn into a princess just because uh, yeah. the nursery rhymes. Worth tells. a try. <laughs> And also, you know, it's more. It's not just about having sex. All right, that I'll give you. An, I'll give you. A, I'll give you another one. If you had to be a cow or a badger, which one would you be, and why? You would have your own mind inside the cow or the badger's yeah, mind. Yeah. It would still be you inside with your memories and experiences, but you would now be a cow or a badger, whichever you prefer. Uh, well, let's look at. At least badgers don't get eaten. I mean, they no. get run over, don't they? They but, do. That's the problem they're, with badgers. They're forced underground. Yeah. Obviously, but and poisoned. Um. um Traps are laid out. Yeah, and they them. get TB. But then cows could get TB as well. They could, or mad cow disease. Yes, or, ma- or mastitis. <laughs> yeah, or just a yeah. cold of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or yeah. cancer, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they live long enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're both black and white. They are. Yes. That's why it's quite an interesting question. That's yeah, part, yeah, one yeah. of the things I like about it. It's not my question. I've got. I had a writer for that yeah, question. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I thought it was unusually funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say badger, just because you don't get milked or killed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would milk a badger if we go back. <laughs> if we go back to the very old days, I would. What yeah. is the closest you've ever? Have you ever? I'm doing a show about death. Have you ever yeah. come close to dying in literal, in a literal sense, rather than the metaphorical yes, comedic well, sense? Well, uh, the risk of lowering the tone, rather. I. Um, when I was six, I had encephalitis and almost oh. died. What does that involve? I don't know what encephalitis um, The swelling of the brain. Oh, God. Yeah, but not the head, I no. hasten to point out. The brain's, <laughs> too, the brain's <laughs> bursting out of your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, It swells wow. and touches the sides and can potentially... And there was a touch of go period there. there. Yeah. I'm glad you I told got, you this would happen. I'm glad you got, <laughs> glad you got better. Yeah. It would have sad if you died yeah. when you were six I like of encephalitis. That I would have been a genius had it not been for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I seem to remember doing long division at school before. No, not missing out on long division yeah. at primary school because of that. Yeah. And when I came back, I wasn't as clever. Okay. Did they like have to remove some of your brain to get it to fit into your head, or do they do something? Else? Do they just shave some of your brain off the edge? Or perhaps that's just it. yeah. That my brain was expanding because of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Genius. I had whooping cough when I was like uh, four weeks old or something. Really? So that, was the, uh, that was probably generally the closest. No one's ever asked me back what happened, so I thought, yeah, yeah. thought I'd just say. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, I'll ask you one more emergency question. If you yeah. had to fillet the actor Keith Allen, if you had to, yeah. uh, what would you need in return for that to happen? <laughs> what, would you, what would it take for you um, to do? Him to retire? Maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Keith, he's Lily Allen's dad. He is, he? yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would that help? Would you be able to think? Oh, I'm doing this. If I just imagine it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Lily Allen that I'm filleting yeah, yeah. this, or it's still yes. not working for some reason. I'm uh, still. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. No. Um, what, what's he been in? What's the like, he's, he's in the thug, Robin Hood he? and stuff? And he's been in. What uh, would be the worst thing for him to have to play <laughs> that he wouldn't want to do? Oh, good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, some kind of. No, he'd like he'd like pretty he much likes, everything. He likes everything. He's, he's yeah. a pervert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, oh, the, what was I going? Oh, so look, you've written a couple of books. Yeah. You've written a book about being a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Is that like a novel though? It's rather than a, um, a novella. Novella. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it's uh, 
It's a semi-autobiographical account of journeys through the life of a stand-up. So it's all the journeys. You know, we're more paid travellers than we are comedians, yeah. effectively. So it's the journeys to his first open spot, to his first paid gig, to his first radio, to his first telly, to dying in corporates. To and It's right across the course of his career. And it's sort of based on me, but I was able to include other people's stuff as well. Um, by changing all the names, basically. Because right. <laughs> I think if I'd, I'd said who it was and what they were doing, you wouldn't have been able to say it. So I like to think it's entirely authentic, but it's more... It's not a rock and roll thing about comedy. It's more, you know, the truth, the grim truth about comedy, that most of it is driving to Manchester to perform in front of 20 people and eating a sandwich and coming home again, <laughs> yes. rather than, you know, Wembley Arena. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that, it's a, a gritty novel. Um, and uh, you've also written a book called Ten Second Sermons. I have. Which it says, warning, religious material on the on the. Front. It does, it does. Well, <laughs> it's good uh, to warn about that. Yes, well, in- interesting uh, thing that uh, when my first DVD came out, uh, it was a U certificate. It was very unusual for stand-up to yeah, be a U certificate. Yeah. But I'm a Christian. I've written lots of se- sermons that are ten seconds long. One-liners about trying to have a faith and stuff. But some of them were a bit risky. And so I actually had in uh, Christian bookshops... I had warning some people might be offended by this material <laughs> yeah. on on the cover, and yet I had a U DVD <laughs> in HMV. So it was a sort of a bit of a. Hmm. So you're more worried about offending religi- more well, religious people. It was the than publisher who put it on, not okay. me. I, I don't care. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you find that with in a in a comedy scene that's generally thought to be full yep. of atheists and people bemoaning God and you know yep. just cheap comics doing shows about. <laughs> Taking a pot shot at religion. Yeah, yeah. How do you, is, it, is it difficult to be... Is it something that you're uh, happy to be open about or is it something that you hid away to begin with or did you, did you, were you always open about? No, I've always been totally open about yeah. it. Uh, Frank Skinner had a nice line that... Because um, you know he's a practising Catholic. Yeah. Uh, that he felt that virtually all stand-up comedians were in the Groucho Club with Richard Dawkins. <laughs> yeah. Whereas he was stuck in Julie's pantry with Cliff Richard. <laughs> and there is a sense of that. But my sort of thinking on that is that actually there's a food court in between where d- in the dark of night b- uh, dissenters from both camps yeah. sort of run around going I'm not sure about either to be honest <laughs> yeah. and actually everyone's on a journey and you know there's no point in over judging people no so uh, and I agree I mean I, you know but yeah. I even I mean I think I'm, I'm probably more on the other side yeah. of the, <laughs> <laughs> the argument than you but I think you know my my if the, when Christians did come and see my show Christ on the Bike they yeah. generally liked it because yeah. it, was, it wasn't dismissive of Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was about the inconsistencies in the Bible that sure. anyone who's actually studied yeah, yeah. the Bible is going to Absolutely. see yep. so that it's worth I think, you know, I, I think it's worth discussing I'm, I'm fascinated by religion well, I'm really, obviously a lot of your shows yeah. mention God and you mention God in your act and then yeah. you're almost obsessed with it yeah yeah a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why but do I'm you think co- that is I'm, Rich I'm sort of interested in um, <laughs> because I'm also I'm interested in finding out that you know any answers to anything you can get I think yeah. I think getting to a point where you're closed minded and going I'm definitely yeah, right yeah. about this and in either direction is a, is absolutely, a bad thing absolutely and plenty of Christians are closed yeah. minded and I've changed my opinion about some things that I thought years ago and and to say that this is how it is for ever and ever is ridiculous on yeah. both sides. Yeah, certainly, and I think mm. I think more so on the as, as much at least on the atheist side. Yeah, certainly yeah. amongst comedians, I think there are a lot of people just hard edge going, no, there's definitely no God, and you don't think about it. And then, but you actually look at your own. I think a lot of my shows are about looking at the stupid uh, mm. sort of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This I've said stupid already, which is uh, um, is not the inconsistencies. <laughs> you know, you, no, it's not inconsistencies. You you have uh, you know, just my brain stopped working. Um, 
which is a problem when I'm a comedian. Uh, superstitions and things like right, you know. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have you have kind of crazy superstitions about yeah. things, about life, yeah. and things that you believe in. You know, and sometimes you know, I I, I would have uh, there was there used to be a cat near one of the flats that I lived with in a couple of years, and I would always think if I stroke that cat, I'll, right, have, yeah, a, yeah. I'll have a good gig. Uh, this year it was a, there was a shoe in the street, and <laughs> I thought if if I, as long as I pass that shoe every yeah, day, yeah. I'll have a good gig. And then someone because you know shoes are less likely to stay there though than cats. <laughs> yeah, someone took the shoe away, and then I was worried. You know, where's my lucky shoe gone? Yeah, and uh, but it seemed to it didn't seem to make any difference. Luckily, mm-hmm. so we all have sort of superstitious ideas. Yes, we... but I would argue that uh, superstition is different to religion. I mean, yeah, people. This is possibly a separate show. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, it depends. It boils down to whether you believe there's something bigger and better out there that maybe you don't understand or you believe it's all a pointless waste of time. Yeah. Well, but it's not a pointless waste of time. It's like, even if you believe that... I don't think you need to have uh, a God to, for, to make life meaningful. It's kind of... It's, it's still sort of amazing that we exist. It's sort of more amazing if there isn't a God because we just exist for no reason and that kind of makes the fact that we're here for this short period of time kind of more amazing, I would say. How much do you want to get into this? Yeah, quite uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't got very long. No, no, but, <laughs> but then how do you know what's good and bad? No, exactly. Well, it's true, they're, they're, mm. and good and bad are just concepts that we've created. So it just goes with democracy, does it? Who I think, but I see, I see. I would argue democracy is just as you know, it's as much a, a fantastical ideal as the idea of there being a god and religion. It's mm. something that doesn't really exist that people are prepared to die for democracy, but mm. we don't actually have democracy mm. that you are dying for. So it's it's in the same way that. You know, I just sort of think with religion, everyone who believes in each different religion is equally uh, vehement about it and equally prepared to die for their religion and equally convinced they're correct. But well, they can't all mm, be right. I'm not sure I am. <laughs> in the sense that I suffer from a, a lot of doubts and a lot of things don't quite add up. Yeah. Uh, but there is still that basic belief that there's something bigger and better out there um, that, you know, I will have to answer to one day. Yeah. And I think people have an innate sense of good and evil. I mean, there are lots of grey areas in between. And those are difficult to work out. But we all know that killing children is basically bad. <laughs> basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're really annoying. annoying. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, very, that's very interesting, Milton, and, and thank you for uh, sh- uh, sharing that. And I will ask you a stupid question to end on to make up for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I completely agree with uh, the, the, not with the. The fact that there's a god because there isn't, but the uh, the uh, the fact that we should all be questioning, yeah. we shouldn't just be saying yes no, or no about. But there definitely isn't yeah. a god. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he's quaking in his boots. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's why when I was, people were protesting, it's the show that Christ is about the show they haven't seen. You kind of think, do you yeah, mean, yeah. if there is a god, is he going to be yeah, bothered yeah, no, by no, this, no, or no, is I'm, he going to think, yeah. fuck off, Richard Eric? <laughs> I'll I'll get you back when you're in hell. <laughs> uh, so uh, when you eat asparagus, does your wee smell of asparagus afterwards? Um, yeah. Um, do you know I've never got that close to it to find I mean, out? No. I you would know because it can't really. It's doesn't it always smell of asparagus? No, some people. Well, some people do, it doesn't affect their wheat, oh, really? and some people it does, but they can't smell it. So yeah. I was going to try and find out where you were. So you might be either of those last. I've two. never had that much time on my hands <laughs> just to smell things yeah. that are around in the tunnel. Mm. Just, uh, I just. All right, that was, that wasn't a good enough question to end on. I'm going to ask yeah. you another question. Yeah. I see what other emergency questions I've got in my bag uh, oh. of emergency questions. We'll go back. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> um, you mean the Sasquatch, <laughs> as yeah. opposed or, or to or someone the, with a Bigfoot? Yeah. 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 Um, 
No, I haven't. Aww. No, I haven't. But imagine if you had. Imagine if I had, yeah. <laughs> what, a great, what a great final question that would have been. I haven't, so t- I haven't Yeti. No, no. <laughs> Damn you. Damn you. Damn you, Milton Jones. He came up there. There was a writer in the front row yeah, who handed yeah. that up a piece. They handed on a piece of paper. It doesn't yeah. count. So it doesn't count. Right. Stuart Lee has yeah. crossed that joke Very out. Right. Of the regist- <laughs> that laugh does not count. It's, no. been, it's gone to administration. What, so tell us when your show is and what time your show is. Uh, 7.30, Assembly Hall, tonight and tomorrow. So do book ahead. Oh, is there any tickets left? No. No. Okay, you can't. <laughs> Don't bother booking ahead. Yeah. Book ahead for next year. He's a, fan- he's a fantastically deserved success uh, for the brilliant comedian. Give it up for Milton Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yes, yeah. And we're going to now have a quick uh, five-minute spot from a newer comedian who one day may be as successful as Milton Jones. Let's face it, it's unlikely, though. Uh, we please... He's <laughs> just by the law of averages. Will you please welcome Paul Gannon, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. How are we doing tonight? Good? Dead day today. Oh my God, it's been a long festival. Hello, good evening, afternoon. How are you? Good? Yeah, cool. Uh, I want to just get one thing off my chest. I got things get told to me, and one of the things I get told is that I'm a geek. Is anyone in this room happy to call themselves a geek? In that case, you're all wrong. Geeks just go, don't look at me. No, I'm not doing this at all. Geeks basically are all proud and we all love things. And if you're sitting in the room tonight, you're thinking, I am not a geek. Guess what? You are. Geek, as far as I'm concerned, just means you have a passion and a love for something. And with me, it's Ghostbusters. And yes, I am very lonely. (sighs) And weirdly, my fascination with Ghostbusters led me on this weird little adventure. Um, Let me just say, start with this. Do you think you're a geek? Yeah. All right, cool. That's great to know. Who doesn't think they're a geek? You look like a, you don't look like a geek. You look like happy and with content in your life. Okay, okay. Let's just imagine you like football. You watch your favourite football team all the time. You'll be a football geek. Let's pretend the lady next to you likes soap opera and you like all the characters and all. The, see how I generalise. All the women like soap operas and things like that. You'll be a soap opera geek. Uh, you could be a seventy-year-old man with every single Disney film, and you would be a sex offender. But. <laughs> It tends to be a fine line at this point. So I end up on this supernatural adventure and I'm hanging out because I'm a big fan of Ghostbusters, but as you get older, a lot of things you believe in die, like your maybe faith in God or Santa Claus or belief in relationships. That all dies as you get older. And um, one show spurred my love again and it was called Most Haunted. The people who laugh go, what junk? And the people who went, oh, means they've seen it too. Um, Most Haunted, if you haven't seen, is a paranormal reality TV show where you get the benefit and the joy to watch Yvette Fielding scream for an hour. In black and white in a castle. It's gold. And it's a massive success, this show. It was all about putting cameras and looking for evidence and getting a psychic. And the psychic's job was to just fill out the time when nothing happened. So the psycho would just be like, there's a ghost, mate. There's a ghost, mate. Oh, oh, oh you missed it. There was one night there. I'm oh, sorry. So that was his whole job. But then it was so successful, it went over to America. The Americans wanted their own version. And they brought out a show called Ghost Hunters. And Ghost Hunters, exact same format, no psychics. But then when that was a huge success, it had its own spin-off called Ghost Hunters Academy, which is basically, imagine Ghost Hunters with X Factor. That's basically what it was. It was like all these ghost nerds getting together. And then they got their own show called Ghost Hunters International. It just kept spinning off. And these guys went around the world ghost hunting. They went to Transylvania. Mexico, Russia, Cardiff, the whole world, fantastic places to explore. And then there were two shows that sprang to mind that just took the format too far. One was called Ghost Lab. Ghost Lab, exact same format as all the other bloody shows, except the only gimmick this time was the two presenters were fat. That was their gimmick. 
And these two huge, big, I mean, marshmallow man fat. These two big guys with all the equipment on backpacks going around the USA hunting ghosts, right? And in one episode, they go to New York and there's a tenement building, top floor. Allegedly, there's a poltergeist and it likes to throttle people, all right? Because in life, it was a killer and in death, it has its ghostly work continues, right? I didn't mean to scare you then, but you did look troubled. I do apologize. Um... (laughs) And so these two fat guys, they go to the building and they enter the floor and it's like top floor, five floors up. And uh, as soon as they get into the building, they realise there are no lifts. <laughs> and so these fat guys with all their equipment have to face five stairs. So you see them go... Oh, God. And they finally get to the top floor. They enter the haunted apartment. They open the door. They crush the threshold. And one guy instantly goes... Ah! There's a ghost crushing my chest! <laughs> And I'm thinking, no, what's happened is you've confused supernatural with cholesterol. It's kind of similar, but not quite. But then maybe the best spin-off, the best idea with the supernatural paranormal reality TV format was called Ghost Collector. And it was genius, because what it did was it married Most Haunted with Bargain Hunt. <laughs> Basically, a ghost collector goes to a haunted venue, finds a haunted item, uh, and then, you know, takes it to his little museum of collectibles, right? And in the first pilot episode, he goes to this guy's house, and he goes, I think I've got a haunted typewriter. Um, and so the, ins- the ghost collector looks at it and goes, okay, well, let me take it to an expert. Because allegedly every night you can hear it go, tick, 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 bing. So the ghost collector takes it to an expert and the expert goes, actually, this is fascinating. Where did you get this typewriter? It's one of the earliest made in this country that had the QWERTY keyboard layout. This must be worth five, six thousand $6,000. And the ghost collector goes, ah. And so he takes it back to the haunted guy's house and goes, yes, this typewriter is very, very haunted. Um, if you want the ghost to go away, I'll take it off your hands. And the guy goes, oh, uh, well, I don't want a haunted house. You better take it. And the ghost collector, you can see in his face, goes, I can't believe that works. And then stashes it away. And I'm thinking, where does the former end? He's just got to go into your house see your big-breasted, beautiful wife and go, she's possessed by the devil and she's coming home to my grotto. I mean, it just got out of hand. And then another guy I met from doing all this stuff, I ended up meeting a guy called Richard Felix, who worked on Most Haunted. And he's mental, but in a lovely way. He's one of those eccentric characters that you kind of love to meet. And he had this story that I think sums him up perfectly. He once told me he wanted to kill a turkey for Christmas for his own dinner, right? And so he asked the farmer next door, how do I do it? And the farmer said, it's very, very simple. All you've got to do is hang the turkey upside down, put some plastic sheeting underneath it. When the blood goes to its head, it will pass out. You break its neck, you bleed it out, and then you pluck it. Easy. Long story short, the turkey escaped and he burnt his house down, right? (laughs) And every night we'd do this tour, this kind of most haunted live that I would present. And he would come out and do this little lecture about ghost hunting. And he would say, okay, who knows what the word ghost means? And if you don't know, it's actually a word that derives from the word ghastly, aghast. So if you see a ghost, you are aghast at something. And then he would have this horrible, torturous bit that he would do every single night of the tour. He would say, ladies and gentlemen, who here believes in ghosts? And nearly the whole audience would put their hands up because they're believers. And mostly women in their 40s. I'm not generalising, it's a fact. Um, And then he said, who here has ever maybe sensed a ghost. Maybe a couple of hands would put their hands up. Who here has ever heard a ghost? A couple of hands would go up. And then one night he said, he asked someone in the, he asked the audience and he went, who here has ever had sex with a ghost? And he swears one night a man went, me! I've done that! And he's like, okay, no, I don't want to embarrass you in front of all these lovely people. That's where the house lights. Are you telling me in front of all these people, because you may have misheard me, that you have had sex with a ghost? And the man went, oh no, sorry, I thought you said goat. Every night that gag... Every night for 50 gigs, that gag. I've been to haunted houses, not as old as that gag. And that is my pain. If you want to know more about my pain, my show's called Ain't Afraid No Ghost, 5.20 every day at the Cowgate. It's a story about how ghost hunting saved my life. And I've got some dish on Derek Akora. <laughs> which legally, I can't do on a podcast. Um, 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. You're going to have a wonderful podcast. Start again. Yeah, no, stop. I'm going to do this properly. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have a lovely podcast. Please back around the stage. The fantastic Richard Herring. Paul Gannon, ladies and gentlemen, and will you please welcome my next guest? He is best known from off of his bedroom. Will you please welcome Bo Burnham, ladies and gentlemen? He's here. He's made it. Hey, Bo. Hello, hello, hello. Everybody. How are you doing? I'm really great, very good. Great. You had jet lag? You couldn't come on, on the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I was very, very jet lagged. I was on like an hour of sleep. I apologize. It's all right. And I was on stage um, my first night. It was like 11.15 at night. And I looked over at the stool in the middle of the stage. And it went like, like 30 feet away. And I thought I was going to pass out. And uh, it was the worst moment of my life, yeah. truthfully. I've been doing the fest, the fringe every day for the last two weeks. And, you know, I'm all right. So uh, that's, that was your one show. We couldn't start seeing stools disappearing. <laughs> so, you know, I saw, I'm only 46. You know, I've got, I've got youth on my side, bro. So, um, <laughs> no, I'm very glad you made it. Thank you for coming along. Oh, thank you for having you, me. You won't feel the benefit of that jacket afterwards if you wear that. <laughs> Inside, so uh, it's kind of it's almost the opposite to Milton. Actually, you've kind of got this phenomenal, in, instantaneous almost success from from doing yes. YouTube videos. This is from four or five years ago. It's uh, a bit longer. Yeah, about six years ago. I was right. sixteen, starting in my parents' bedroom, sort of making yeah. silly songs. Yeah, yeah, and I post them online. And I, I think I, I sort of hear that like I didn't have this sort of grind of a stand-up club sort yeah. of atmosphere, and I understand that. But I definitely did have the terrible criticism of a stand-up comment <laughs> on, on a scale of, like, thousands. I mean, like, you read 3,000 internet comments at the age of 16, and yeah. you leave terribly hateful and <laughs> hate-filled. The first co- – can I use uh, – You can say anything my, you want. Okay, yeah, because the internet's hard to talk about without that. Uh, uh, the first comment I ever got on my video was, go, go, gadget, faggot, was the first <laughs> – which I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> – Inspector Gadget is a, basically he'd say like, go, go, Gadget helicopter, and a helicopter would come out of his hat. So the idea is he would say, go, go, Gadget faggot, and I would appear, which is, uh, that's the thing, the internet is brutal, but uh, brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, mate, out of everyone, probably, in the, uh, part, of, part of that gang, Gangnam style bloke, he's did quite well out of it. You've, uh, you know, it's sort of, the explosion of it's astonishing, but also the songs you did are phenomenal, not even just for like a 16-year-old, but they're just very, very adept kind of comic songs. So was it something you were doing for a while before that, or did you just have a go at it and suddenly these things came out? No, I was sort of doing, I was doing like summer theatre at my high school, and I was like playing little songs on the piano backstage and stuff. And uh, I had sort of written some silly songs. There there are some musical comedians in America, like Stephen Lynch and Fly the Concords that come over. But it wasn't really until I saw like Tim Minchin and Bill Bailey and things, and people that I wouldn't have been able to see prior to the internet. So the internet, I think, actually helped my comedy most in being able to watch sure. other comedians. Yeah, because it's well, it was difficult when you're young. I was a massive comedy fan when I was, uh, you know, 13, 14, but there was no chance of seeing you know, it. You had to wait for a TV show to come on, which were, would be every year, basically. There might right, be a young, exactly. young person's comedy show would come yeah, on. Yeah, and I, a lot of, I feel like a lot of comics are angry about the internet taking their material, but for me, I wouldn't have seen so many of them without it. No. And I think it's a really great uh, thing to make yeah. comedy global and children global and uh, go go gadget faggot I guess <laughs> well not you won't make children global with that kind of behaviour uh, so <laughs> but I mean that is interesting because a lot of comedians don't you know they think oh if I put this joke online then I'll never be able to do it again which I think but I think it is the opposite I think since I, st- I started doing podcasts around about the same time as you started doing your stuff but mine don't seem to have taken off in the 
Same way. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, it's doing all right. But no, it's, it's made you know it's, it's tripled my live audience basically, which was modest to begin with. But now is uh, yeah, it, it it multiplied my live audience by infinity. Yeah, it so. did. <laughs> and so you went on tour. Quite, did you? How old were you when when you first went on tour with it? I was sort of seventeen or something. The thing is, my videos were one take. Always one take in my bedroom yeah. of just me performing a song, so it was very easy to translate live. Yeah. So it wasn't a, I wasn't really doing any jump cuts or anything that wouldn't translate. But a lot of it at the beginning was a little like boop boopy doo, you know, <laughs> dick or whatever. Uh, but I've tried to <laughs> maybe get past. I that. think you can still get away with that. You're still, I, you're yeah. still very young. I do still um, but it, I mean, it is this, what is fascinating for me as a comedian watching it is because you're do- going into bad taste areas, which a lot of younger comedians try and do, and they think, oh, I'll do a joke about Peter. I've seen some. I've seen Jerry Sadovitz do. It. I can. I can be as funny as Jerry Sadovitz or whoever. And they often misjudge it terribly badly. Whereas I think to to you know innately get those kind of ideas right. I mean, I know you've had like criticisms because you always will. On yeah, well, I, I think I've misjudged it a few times. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I probably use it as a bit of a crutch going into it. But I think. I, the general rule is try to be more funny than you are offensive. So it's a funny joke before it's a you know yeah. edgy uh, offensive. I think so. I mean it's yeah. partly coming from the face of a very young man. Exactly, uh, but, 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 yeah. but also I think the 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 but the, the the artistry of the way you've created the there's so much intelligence behind it. I think that, that that you can then get away with just something crude or something you know silly. I think. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Uh, but what? So you have to agree with these but things. You have, you have, you have had like criticism. You have been kind of uh, gay groups have been upset with you. No, or? I got protested once. Right. And it was someone with misquoted lyrics, and right. just just yesterday I made a terrible mistake. I told myself I'm not going to read any reviews this year, so I was reading a review this year online, and I saw like the first comment was. And it was liked like five times. It said, Bo Burnham is a well-known racist here in the United States. <laughs> and it's, and it, was, it was a quote from a website called people who said the n-word today.com or, or it was a tumblr basically and it was a screenshot of a facebook profile that wasn't mine right. it's very easy to create it had like a hundred friends it had a picture of me like the profile picture was me on stage like this <laughs> like i would ever put that as my profile picture and the quote was something like do n-words pray in ebonics like uh lord jesus please help me i pick cotton and i'm like oh god yeah and people just uh thought it was me? Well, it was genuinely real. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the danger of the internet. There's a, there's a positive and negative side to it. It is sort of like this unfettered environment where people can just make shit up about you or, or, or misquote you or, or yeah, take or, something out of context. Yeah, or create a whole life for me, yeah. present it in a screenshot, and then it's liked 12 times. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to watch. But then you do also have the opportunity, to, I guess, to to point out that it's not true as well. I was I had that impulse to like yeah. comment on it and be like this isn't it and, but yeah. then I look even worse. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be the guy that says the n word than the guy who defends himself on the internet actually <laughs> I think. Fair enough. Uh, and if you I, had the choice between being a cow or a badger which of those two animals would you be? Uh if I could be a honey badger, I'd be a honey oh, badger. What, what yeah. do you like about the honey, honey badger? Honey is an amazing animal. It can like what can it kill? Like crazy rattlesnakes and things. Mm. It's a wonderful, wonderful. Animal. Oh, you have to come over with your American badgers. They're better. They're better than our regular badger. Our badger can't do anything. Oh, I mean, I've got a badger. It's like a honey badger. It makes you can eat honey out. It gets teats. It gets, gives you jars of honey. It can kill rattlesnakes. One stood for Congress. <laughs> <laughs> or there's also cow. I, I saw a group of cows listening to jazz music. Yeah. There was like a jazz band outside of like a little valley of cows, and the cows like wandered over there with their bells ringing. Like it was very very sad. Yeah, 
They are, they're a sad creature. They're, yeah. they're enslaved. There are, there are meat Yeah, slaves. and it was like funeral music they yeah. were playing for them. It was just terribly depressing. <laughs> so you'd rather be a free badger than I'd rather be a good American hot dog-eating badger, <laughs> okay. I think. Yeah. And who chose the colour scheme in your bedroom of the kind of quite dark blue walls and white ceiling? Oh, someone in the 80s. Probably. Really? <laughs> it wasn't your choice. It wasn't mine. Your no. mum didn't say what colour would you like your bedroom. Because no, no. my mum did, I chose orange. Really? Orange? Yeah, when I was, when I was, yeah, it didn't look nice. <laughs> I just, I've, I really I've never like. seen an orange bedroom, like yeah. a, like a proper, yeah, pro- orange, proper like, orange, bright orange. I loved orange. That was my favourite colour. It's got me into trouble because I was born on the 12th of July and I love, I love, I loved orange. <laughs> Uh, and it's uh, local. Uh, well, not even that local, but um, <laughs> well, it's slightly local. Uh, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so I had my my bedroom in lurid orange. So I wondered if that weird dark. It's quite a weird dark blue with a white ceiling that you that you yeah you play that, in that front house of. house has been sold. I don't Has think it? I, yeah, you've yeah. moved on. You bought a new house with all your no no. Millions. I live in a little apartment. Do in you? The... you don't live with your mum now. Do I don't. No, 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 no. no. But par- but orange, bright orange is hard yeah. to sleep and like. I feel like you need like a. a Color that can change with well, the night. T- I turned the lights out so I couldn't no. see it. It got dark. <laughs> it got dark. Very good. <laughs> always, I was always that thinking was... that kept me awake. <laughs> <laughs> and I read something when you were because you were touring as a sort of seventeen or eighteen year old, and whilst all your friends were going to college, you yeah. kind of deferred going to college to tour. Yeah. And you and you sort of because people imagine you go on tour and that you're having a wild exactly, time. Exactly. Yeah. But you were looking at Facebook and all your friends having a wild time. And yeah, I was in like a Ramada Inn in South Dakota, like with like. <laughs> I remember like a, a morning of there were like cockroaches crawling out of the sink in some place in <laughs> Dallas, and I called the front desk and I was like, "Please, just give me another room." And they said they couldn't, and I sat there like watching my friends with like taking selfies with their cups of <laughs> liquor, like hey. And I was uh, living the life apparently, like in uh, in my terrible cockroach. And it was it when you were sort of seventeen or eighteen, you weren't getting groupies following around. No, the I had a long-term girlfriend for you know, five years or right. something through the whole thing. So that what was a waste. Enough. What a terrible waste. No. It's the kind of thing you do when you're seventeen, and you think I'm in love or staying. Are you still with her? I'm not. No. no okay, that's fine. <laughs> I could have told you that when you were 17 and saved you a lot of time and that, masturbation. That does, very much, that does weird me out, though. I don't know. I, could, I don't think I could ever be with someone that just saw me at a show or something. Yeah. I don't know. I would, yeah, you'll, you'll find a way. I'd get that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be with them for very long. <laughs> uh, uh. I was like you. Uh, <laughs> really, well, well, apart from the... Prodigious talent and success. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at Milton. I was going to ask you about Celebrity Mastermind, but that won't work. And you, very excitingly, you've worked with Judd Apatow. I, I worked on like a little sort of musical thing with him. That yeah, go. yeah, that was. Did it not, is it not happening? It's not happening. It's like it's an uh, anti-high school musical. Yeah, it was sort of R-rated high school musical thing. Yeah. I wasn't ready to write a musical though, and no. like I've seen like Tim Minchin wrote like Matilda, and I saw that and I was like, oh my god, I'm so far away from writing an actual musical. So yeah, I think it was a good experience. So I got to learn how to write a script and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's probably better that that didn't. See the light and you there. worked on uh, Funny People though as well. You were in, I was uh, a little part in that. Yeah, that was super fun. Yo Teach. Yo Teach was, was the part. I'd like yeah. to see was there any chance of making Yo Teach into an actual sitcom? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, maybe. I don't know. Yo, yeah, it was a little sitcom within the movie that was sort of like one of those 90s sitcoms where like the teachers trying to connect with inner city kids. So it's all like Yo Teach. Thanks, man. You really get me. Uh, and maybe we could maybe it we could bring funny. that back. It yeah, it's not everything's retro nowadays. I don't think like anything. 
in America, at least, most of the entertainment is all sort of nostalgic, so I'm yeah. sure you could do that. But, I mean, Judd seems to be someone, if you get in with him, you kind of, as uh, Lena Dunham did, and, and, yeah. and you know, the, he kind of is a big boost. Uh, yeah, he got me on this podcast. Yeah. So. He did, yeah. <laughs> he won't come on. Yeah. For some reason, he says, I don't want to be on it. It's not, not good enough for me. For some reason. <laughs> did you ever see uh, Planet Mirth, the 1990s uh, <laughs> ITV? <laughs> Sitcom when you were six in America. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. He's born in 1990. That's. Uh, <sighs> I've never had sex with someone born in the 1990s. That is uh, the last. Uh, I mean, definitely not in the 21st century. Definitely not. Whatever. Whatever you read in the paper. <laughs> but in the 1990s. So you know, would you? Because you're just in the 1990s. But just, just 90s. Yeah. So, yes, I know. turned 23. In a would week. you like? Because I've got probably the 50s to the 80s covered okay. in having sex, but I've never got into the 90s, so hey. you and me? I can't help you. But. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can really help you get on in uh, British comedy. I'm the main person in <laughs> British comedy. <laughs> if you want to get Tim Minchin's Matilda, that's how I got that on. <laughs> he, he, he was on my podcast, and then he was straight to America to do uh, that show he was in, Californication. Some would say directly as a result of that. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's ask you another. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, you're not a married man yet. If you had to marry one of the Muppets. Oh, um, who's the one that goes, uh, the beep, Beeper? Uh, yeah. Beeper? The, oh, yeah, I like him. I could, Beaker. Beaker, I like him. yeah. I could do classic sort of my wife bits. All <laughs> I, my wife's all like, meh, 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 meh. And it would be uh, pretty accurate. Good, that's good. Well done, well done for answering that. That's the first good answer. I had time time. to think of that. (laughs) I heard the question backstage and I thought of it It for ten minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I really like... I think almost my favourite moment in the whole of The Muppets involves Beaker, which is in uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's the best Uh, one. And when uh, Beaker and the the, the bald doctor with no eyes comes to get some money from Scrooge, who is Michael Caine, and Michael Caine acts it really seriously in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just, but Michael Caine is the best actor in the world because he just does that completely straight. And that's why those movies work so well. And the new yeah. Muppet movies sort of harken back to the ones that were earlier. But yeah. I loved The Muppets Christmas Carol yeah. and Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, me too. Because it was Tim Curry too, and they were playing straight men to the Muppets, which makes it so much funner it and does. funnier than like being in and goofy with them. And then so. they did Muppets in Space. It wasn't as good. No, you got to bring like, you should get like Philip Seymour Hoffman to do yeah. a Muppet movie. You should be like dead serious. What, what was the one I wanted? To, I wanted to do the Muppet Twelfth Night. I think that's. Uh, I, was talk- <laughs> I was discussing it with Stephen Fry, who was in Twelfth Night. But I think it would be. Bri- I think they would yeah. be absolutely brilliant doing a yeah. proper Shakespeare play with the Muppets yeah, and a, pr- a couple of really fantastic actors, and probably Ricky Gervais as well would be <laughs> in it as well. That's one of the fantastic actors. He's good at playing that guy that's like him. Uh, so he'd be, he'd be very good at that. Um, I'll ask you another. What, what age? Uh, you might, this you might not have reached the age where this is no longer the case. What age were you breastfed until? Do you know the answer to um, that? I Do they have that in America? Because a lot yeah. of these things are cross-cultural. They have, they have, yes, they have lactating. <laughs> yeah. Breast lactating. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, I, was the only, I was the youngest of three, and I was the only one in my family that, that breastfed. Oh, right. Yeah. So, uh, do you know, I, can you remember doing it? Uh, I no, I can. I can feel the reverberations in my personal life, but yeah. I can't remember exactly no, okay. when. I would say till three. Yeah, oh, till three. Is that long? That's too long. Uh, not, not to three. not, rem- not <laughs> to not remember it is would yeah. be weird as well. If yeah, it's a conversion thing. I think. What, what, am, what am I guess could remember being 
breastfed, but she's the only one so far he could remember. Could um, remember? Could remember, because she, she was bre- breastfed until she was about four years old. Uh. That happens occasionally. You do see it. It's really well, yes, I, weird. I've seen, a, I've seen a clip of a boy in the news that was like eight. Yeah. 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 Lucky young man. Uh, so, you sort of get to, if you leave it too long, it gets to the point where it is, you know, there's a, there's a point where the breast is a useful, functional thing, and then there's a big time where it's just a cushion, and then it becomes something different again. You need to have that time in between yeah, to, yeah. To, to forget the time it was a functional thing. Yeah, I don't think that the child cannot be able to conceive what the breast is. It needs to think, I think it just needs to be this abstract thing, and probably yeah. when you're three or four, you're understanding that this is, uh, yeah. you know. Oh, and I should have asked you this question, not Milton, but have you, have you ever seen a Bigfoot because you're from America. Uh, so, no. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Strange. Uh, I, I thought I kind of thought you would have done. Um, and uh, what is it like being Bo Burnham? He's going to admit he's killed himself. He's this, is, this, is the question, this is the question where they admit they tried to kill themselves. What's it like being Bo... What's it like being... <laughs> what's it like being Bo Burnham? Uh, it was serious as you like with this one. If there's anything... Does anything you need to get off your chest? Um, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> no, okay. I have no idea. Uh, it's a nice. It's tall. Yeah, it isn't. It's not worked as well, as Stephen Fry. Uh, Stephen Fry. What, what did he do? He admitted he tried to kill himself. That's what I was kind of trying to get to. I was hoping you would go. Yeah, it's, it looks nice, beaming. I look all happy. I, uh, I knocked out my teeth during a blindfolded Easter egg hunt once. Now there you go. <laughs> that that might. Eat it, Fry! <laughs> Did, um, is that the closest you've come to death, knocking out your, your own teeth? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, my mother, uh, basically, she, she, we were all, I was, I had just got my braces off a month earlier, and I was like 15, my, uh, my Aww. brother was 18, my sister was 21. We basically were too old for Easter egg hunts, so my mother thought we need to mix it up and make it more exciting, so <laughs> we're gonna give a, we're gonna blindfold ourselves, hide the eggs, and we're all gonna have a member of the family lead us around. And I was with my father, who didn't really care about my safety. And I'm wandering around looking for eggs, and and I'm going pretty well. And at one point, he's like, yo, dude, there's an egg egg at your feet. And there was an egg at my feet. There was also an outdoor metal fireplace at my feet. And I bent down, and I hit it, and I came up, and I was in complete shock, thought I had chipped my teeth. It gets way worse. I don't like it. And <laughs> it, it quickly became the actual difficult version of an Easter egg hunt, which was finding my teeth in the grass of the yard. And we only found one. We shoved it back in my head because my mother said we had to keep it alive that way. Yeah. I, later, I later found out I could have just put it in milk. <laughs> and it would have done the same exact thing. We get to the hospital at Easter, and there's some like Jewish Christ-like dentist or whatever who, who has the day off came in and uh, goes, "Huh?" And the other tooth was invulsed into my head. And he pulled it out. They shoved him in. They taped it back over. And then two weeks later, they said the teeth were dead. They pulled them out anyway, and then they <laughs> put these in. But, those, uh, those aren't even real teeth. Yeah, they're fake see, teeth. I, it's a good question, isn't that? What's it like being Bo Burnham? What's it like being Bo Burnham? It's a good yeah. question. I, I would have rather I killed myself. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Trip, what, 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 are there any tickets left for your show, or are you all sold out? Oh no, no, they're, yeah. Whereabouts are you on? I'm at the Pleasant's Courtyard at eleven fifteen. You know, I'm Mil- off tonight. You know, Milton's sold out. He's got. He's in a. Se- he's in a seven hundred seat. How big's your theatre? Seven hundred. Is it seven hundred? He's, yeah. he's sold out, and he's only. He's doing. You're doing less gigs than him, and he's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Bit embarrassing, my 350 seat event. There are a few tickets left, I think, for some of my 
some of my shows. There's quite a lot left for me, one versus me, two snooker, but you, that was yesterday. Uh, so... <laughs> We're going to go and have a, a competition. I don't, is Milton still around? He can come and join us if he wants to. Are you, are you there, Milton? Richard? Yes, what? <laughs> it's God. It's, I'm this so is lost. God speaking, Richard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am not pleased with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not just in your head, Richard. Everyone can hear this. Oh, no. Please. Do you want me to tell them what you've been doing? <laughs> I thought you couldn't see if I was inside a lead line box. <laughs> oh no, it's on the internet. <laughs> Can you I send, send my servant send, through? Send Milton through. <laughs> Here he comes. Welcome back, Milton Jones, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a going to have a competition. Do you know Bo Burnham? Have you ever met Bo Burnham? He was just backstage earlier. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> um, <laughs> you could have brought that out with you, that mic. That you didn't have. Uh, the God was the God mic. Uh, so what we're going to do is a competition where we make some statements that are either true or false. You have to decide if they're true or false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. You're going to have to stand up or it won't work. So everyone stand up. Uh, if you get it wrong, you have to sit down. If you're standing up already, then you have to just be honest about whether you're still in it or not. You could win some amazing prizes, including um, uh, a magazine uh, called Bitter and Jaded, which is advertised in my programme this year from Steve, who did that. A, uh, this is odd. I got this through the post. I'm presuming it's a prize. Uh, me, Me, Volume 1 and 2, Picture Storybook for Young Girls and Boys. I'm not sure the Edinburgh Fringe podcast is the target demographic for that. A crushed bag of ha- tangfastic. Haribos, small, some crayons. Uh, tickets to ha- Hannibal Buress. Unbelievable. He's fantastic. Uh, I can't believe they're, they're giving away tickets to that. That's uh, awesome. Uh, and Will Hodgson DVD, uh, Glenn Wool DVD, Richard Herring's Talking Cock available from www.gofasterstripe.com. Just knock something on the floor. 10 DVD, you can get that from Gofaster Stripe. And my book, Talking Cock, as well. And uh, I'll send you the envelope with, uh, with the, the Mike Stoner saying it's got some cards on the back and and that you could win that don't say what it is that's amazing yeah see people at home are jealous now so uh i'll give some statements to true false when i'm in my show we're all going to die uh eight o'clock at the pleasance beyond some tickets remaining i wear cufflinks that say fat cunt on them is that true or false on my my cufflinks don't have to say it mate you have to listen to put your hands on your head or on your bottom you've got neither You've gone for false after saying true. I think this game may be beyond your intellectual capabilities. It's false. You were right to put your hands on your bottom. They say big boy. Should have thought of a better one. Uh, Have you got a statement of truth or false? Yes. My great-grandfather's name is Ralston Frothingham Pickering III. (laughs) True or false? He is an American, and that is not... That is... Laughing is laughing at another culture, but it's all right. It's American, so it's allowed. True or false? False, he's the fourth. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't get well, we got rid of a few. Have you got a statement of truth or false, Milton? Someone in my uh, family history taught the General Goering how to shoot. <laughs> True or false? This could divide them. There are a lot of trues. What is the answer? False, it was Rommel. Ah, that's good. Good question. Um, uh, Bo Burnham's middle name is Luke. Is that true or false? Is your middle name Luke? It's Pickering. Ah, sit down. I was thinking of Bo and Luke Duke from uh, the Dukes of Hazard. 
<laughs> do, you remember, do you ever watch the... Do you, were your family uh, fans of the Dukes of Hazzard? Uh, it was Bo Jackson that I was named after. Oh, okay. The athlete. That's not as good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Both. Um, uh, General George Patton from World War II, the famous American war- general, uh, is from my hometown, was born in my hometown. That true or false? No conferring. You'll be... T- okay. <laughs> we saw you. No going, hoo-hoo, when you've been discovered conferring. What is the answer? True. It is true, so sit down, madam. Shouldn't have listened to that strange man beside you. <laughs> you may be married to. Uh, have you got another one, Milton? Yep, my middle name is Howell. H-Y-W-E-L. True or false? A lot of people going for true. Is it true or false? True. It is true, yeah. so false. It, uh, is anyone... Uh, who's still at the back, anyone? No, so it's just these gentlemen here. Um, we've got to go quite soon. Uh, so uh, uh, I do... Um, I've got a Nike Fuel Band. Uh, how many uh, points on Nike Fuel Band did I do yesterday? Uh, and whoever gets it closest wins. So what's, what are you going to say? It, it sort of goes between naught and uh, 6,000 something is the highest I've ever done. So well, that is a clue. So 2,200, what do you think, sir? 3,600. If anyone gets it bang on or within uh, 100, I'll give them uh, 20 quid as well. 4,100. 500. <laughs> Anyone else still in? Shout out a number. 1,500. 3,000. Anyone else? You've won. It was uh, 5,000. It was over 5,000. So you were, the, you were the highest. So you've won. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. We've got to go and let Simon Munry in. He's a fantastic app. But please give a massive round of applause to my guests, Milton Jones, Bo Burnham, Paul Gannon. Uh, tomorrow is Sarah Millican. Do come back. That's got always a highlight uh, of the. Uh, I'm going to beat her this time. I will win. Thank you very much for coming. Cheers. <laughs>